Hello, everyone, and welcome, world. My name is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk. We are with Anna, Anna Hill. Anna, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> well, Anna, what I did want to do was a, a big, long introduction about yourself, because you are so well known within the UK farming and fresh produce community. But we do have a lot of um, uh, graduates, darling, and we also have a lot of um, uh, folk, folk um, internationally. So rather than me, telling everyone about you. Ted, who are you, please? And, and what's your day job? Oh, my day job. Yeah, well, I am Anna Hill. I present Farming Today on BBC Radio 4. We are very, very early in the morning, uh, quarter to six in the morning before the Today programme. So, you know, that's good being journalists that we're on before them. And um, that is my day job. I uh, do that twice a week and then sometimes more than twice a week. And I also go out reporting and uh, doing other programmes like On Your Farm, uh, which is a half hour programme on a Sunday morning. So, so you, just looking, looking at the, the, the notes that I typed off earlier, um, you've, you've been doing this gig, this, this job for, for 26 years and you've talked to hundreds, probably thousands of farmers farmers and politicians across the UK. You also reported for the likes of Kosovo, for Farming Today and Country File. You, you were the first uh, broadcast journalist allowed to meet the reclusive um, farming community in Bolivia. And you've even spent time with, uh, with farmers in, in, the, in the Falklands. So as, as you said, when we uh, very kindly requested that you come on via um, uh, Christine Take On and, and Women in Food and Farming, um, it must be a bit unusual for you to, to have the tables turned, for you to be interviewed. It is very unusual. I'm quite nervous. The front doorbell's just rung. <laughs> the delivery. Bring, bring, bring them in. So, um, bring yeah, them there in. it goes again. Um, but, you know, um, yes, no, it is odd. It's really odd. Someone interviewing me. Yes. Anna, do you want to get the front door? Seriously? No, no, no. My son is here. Okay. He should be going to guess it. So yeah. and then we get then we can have the unwrapping of the present that we bought you. <laughs> that we we managed the time to come in. So so, yeah. so, li so listen, I, I want to I want to ask you this. Um, do you like dragon fruit? Do you like the, the fresh produce dragon fruits? Uh I have tried it a couple of times. Okay. It looks more impressive than it tastes, I think. Oh, okay. So the reason for saying that, I did a fantastic broadcast yesterday with the PMA, Produce Marketing Association, which is the membership group for fresh produce um, businesses in, in, in America. So similar to our NFU, our CLA. And they have satellite offices. and They've got a great office in um, South Africa, which is run by um, a very inspirational lady, um, Leanna uh, Jones. And we were uh, promoting South African dragon fruit yesterday. And I, I was um, contemplating when, when we were going to start the broadcast as, as to how I could get these guys all uh, G'd up. Because you know what South Africans are like. They're, they're, they're a bit, not, not morbid, but they're, they're, they're big men, all beards, um, had, had, a, had a lot of brides over, over the years. But they're really passionate about the, the subject. So I managed to get the, these uh, uh, six guys and Leanne within 30 seconds um, to say that the best fruit of the world was dragon fruit. So all six of them shouted dragon fruit. And then I managed to get them to say, um, and the best dragon fruit is grown in which country? And they all shouted, South Africa, South Africa. And we were away. And I managed to get them a bit inspired on the, on the back of that. How do you start communicating with, with, with people? Do, do you have a set routine or um, are you a bit like me? Do you, do you wing it? Do, do you, when you meet people, do you just size them up pretty quickly and realise that, right, I've, I've got to, I've got to lead, lead this chapel, this, this gents, this, this lady along um, or, or do you have a, a, a set remit that you work with everyone? How, what, no, what's your no, I what's your certainly process? don't have a set remit at all. I think it's it comes down to experience, actually, in the end. But usually I will have rung them beforehand. So I yeah. will will have had a chat with them beforehand. But if it's like, I mean, the one thing I hate doing is Vox Pops. Okay. When you go out and you, you just ask people in a crowd about oh. something. Okay. And you have yep. to shove a microphone in their face <laughs> and expect them to answer a question. I wouldn't do, someone came up to me with a microphone, I'd run a mile. And actually, that's what quite a lot of farmers do. They will just go, sorry, don't want to really? talk to you and walk off. But yeah. I think the thing is that if they, if they, if you say something interesting to them, they'll say something back. Or if you, not provoke them, but if you say something that is actually that they want to talk about, they will, they will come back. Okay. I think, Talking to, I never have, never have one way of approaching people. Everyone's different. Um, 
but one group of people that I found, you know, sometimes a little difficult, scientists. Scientists oh. are very, very precise about what they do. They are very, very careful to qualify what they say. Yeah. And the difference between an American scientist and a British scientist is massive in that an American, I don't know whether it's because they do show and tell at school or yeah. something, that that American scientists will lay that to one side, the detail to one side, and yeah. they'll give you the picture that they feel you could understand. Whereas yeah. a British, maybe it's because it's face-to-face -face always and you're standing in the lab or you're standing in the greenhouse and, and they want to tell you everything, but they can't quite often make that's, it understandable. Hannah, that's, that's fascinating because one of our contacts had a scientist on a broadcast earlier this week and that, that scientist stalled um, and uh, I just couldn't get a get it over and just go back to that American connotation that's that's fascinating I remember um at sitting at a black tie basham Ely Cathedral um next to a, um, a lady who was running a, um an ag tech company and and, and the reason for saying that was that uh, she stated in the UK we've only got one professor of sales in the whole of the UK and in America it's something ridiculous like 250 professors of sales so that the, the Americans are not jingoistic but better at um uh, presenting themselves but it but it's and also with this zoom squares of death is quite it's quite difficult as um as well as i listened to quite a few comedians saying that during lockdown that they found it really difficult that they they thought they could um here comes that word pivot the performances from live audiences to zoom um but they but it didn't work because there was no no interaction they would say a joke and there was just mm. this silence nothing um, and, to feed and, off yeah and but coming back to yourself that's that's that, that's a great skill that 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 you've had or, or you've you've built you've learned oh no 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 you you learn it you definitely learn it and actually you learn it because i started off in local radio like most people um in bbc radio and i did everything you know reporting um news editing producing the breakfast show all that sort of thing and basically it's about putting people at ease, you know, letting them say what they want, not interrupting them, listening, really important. And you do learn that early, early on. Although I have to say, looking back on my life, I learned that even earlier. My dad was in the Navy and we had two years when we were in Holland, he was Naval Attaché in The Hague. And I had to go when I was on holiday out there to these interminable cocktail parties with people who are way older than me making polite chit chat. Okay. Both me and my twin sister had to do this. And actually that was an amazing grounding in just talking to people, people wow. you've never met before. Okay. Okay. So that, that gave you that, that skill set of being able to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to not be afraid to just chat yeah and, and do, do you think do you think journalism do you think journalism is is a great career a really interesting career because we have a lot of graduates listening in do you think it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a route that they should follow yeah i mean why not you know if you're interested in something and you're asking questions then you know journalism is great and actually journalism today is much more flexible than yeah. it was when I started training. I went to London College of Printing wow. and um, we had brilliant trainers there, but it it was quite, you know, I mean, obviously you had to learn all the editing with the quarter inch tape and the razor blades and the sticky stuff, you know, you remember that. And, um, uh, and that was very difficult, but um, yeah, you know, you, you, you didn't, you doing radio, you don't have to write so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love writing, as journalists do, but actually getting people to say things in their own words yep. is more immediate yeah. than writing everything down. If I'd been a print journalist, you know, which I've never been, yeah. um, I have written columns and I always find them really difficult, actually, because they have to be honed, they have to be structured. Yep. Whereas actually you're getting, when you're interviewing someone on a microphone, the energy is coming from them. Yes. 
so, so and, to, uh, and then you can you can yeah. weave it. So, so Anna, what what do you think is the best form of uh, media um, th that that you see, and, and especially the sort of a farming context? Do do you think it is the microphone? Do you think it is the video? Do you think it's text, or is it a combination of? I think it's a combination. It has to be, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you're watching. I mean, some like Jeremy Clarkson inspired i mean absolutely i was ready to hate that program i was asked to review it for us and and when i watched because i didn't particularly love jeremy but i've completely changed my mind now i mean <laughs> the production levels are very very high i have to say on the actual filming um and he started off being jeremy in his lamborghini tractor, tractor didn't yeah. he yeah. but you know the fact that he could drive across a field and talk about yield and prices and then talk about the environment and get emotional about his sheep and you know connect with people who would never normally want to listen to anything or watch anything to do with farming yeah um is amazing it has to be everything i don't you know podcasts are great um little clips of videos of people saying things is yep. great yeah. Um, twit all my Twitter's just full of farmers. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, no, I, I think the more the merrier, really. Yeah, and and so but you but you have to you have to you have to make sure that the information is correct. That's of course one of the new things that's happened, and which is it is very difficult to avoid the fake stuff, you know, yeah, and yeah. Um, the actual fact sometimes much more complex than you would oh, you would imagine yeah totally yeah anyone could be an authority on on social media fortunately yeah. or, or unfortunately and and coming coming back to uh, farming today um it, it is it is such a, a bastion of information news credibility within uk farming and as i said earlier a, a number of our international contacts just listen in to, just to get a, a feel a bellwether so, so what's going on it, it there, there was a there was a, a view that as social media came in that um, print would uh, would disappear um, and that radio would, um, would 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 disappear. But if anything, farming today just seems to have got stronger and stronger and stronger. Why is that? Is that is that because of you? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's very sweet of you. Uh, no, I think I think what's there are a combination of things that have happened. One um, BBC sounds people can yeah. access oh, well done. anyway. Yeah. Um, to uh, there have been certain crises where people have connected with us and then stayed with us. Yeah, okay. So the first, in my experience, because I joined in 1994, 95. So BSE um, was the first very big story that we had. It had been rumbling on and we'd been covering it actually for 10 years before that. Yeah. But um, that really did um, make people more interested in what was going on in farming, possibly in not such a good way, maybe, yep. but, you know, at least they, they came in. But the real turnaround was foot and mouth, actually, when okay. we, we saw our listenership jump massively. Yep. Um, and also, you know, I have to be completely honest. I don't know. I don't think everyone who's listening to farming today is getting up at quarter to six to tune in <laughs> to listen to farming today. It's when the what? alarm goes off, you know, yeah. and you happen to have radio for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a, I was speaking to a number of clients um, yesterday, and the bulk of them all, am I going to say this, they all wake up with you. It's, I'm sure you've heard, heard that time before, but as, as one of them said, it's, 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 it's fantastic background noise, and you just always have this sixth sense that um, when Anna or one of her team come on with a really interesting article, you're, you're, you're peaked and, and you listen in. Um, so... So you know, it'd be it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the the uh, the, the split as to um, who who listens to it live and and who listens to it on the on, on yeah. a catch up. But again, that's that's the fa 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 fascinating and fantastic thing about the systems that we now have that you don't need to listen to it at quarter to six. It could be I, I could send it to to to, to a client to, to have a listen to a couple of days later, but it, and it's there, it's, it's out in the ether. And and um, uh, uh, listener wise, have you got any ideas to? Whether you've got heads of state, government ministers, as well as large, um, we, uh, we are mentioned. To... We are mentioned regularly. I mean, even as yeah. far back as Maggie Thatcher mentioned us in the House of Commons. You know, um, various prime ministers mention us. Yes, I mean, we get 
occasionally we get in the papers you know I heard on farming today yeah yeah no I think I think people people do listen they might hear us by chance you know but um yeah no I I, it's good it's really good and And we and sorry, sorry. And just in your yeah. just in your journalistic um, style, you, you mentioned about um, people um, get, getting the news and information when you were going through the we were going through the likes of um, uh, Foot and Mouth BSC. Um, you, you've you've had a, a number of um, uh, emergency situations in, in the past, and when we were having our catch up, we were reminiscing about the Great Storm. So, in oh, help me here. Was it 1987? Was it 1987? October. 87. October the 16th. 16th yeah. Um, um, I, so I was working on a on a farm on my pre-college year before I went to Harper near Seven Oaks, and overnight Seven Oaks turned into to, to Two Oaks. And, and, and those darling on an international basis, this, it was a hurricane that came in. And Anna, how, how did it go that the, the BBC weather forecast said that we were going to there might be a slight storm, but Michael nothing to worry Fish. about. Yeah, Michael uh, yeah. Fish. Bless him. Um, and he had, had a, this... had a um, message from a lady, and he told her not to worry that yeah. there wasn't a hurricane on the way. And then three o'clock in the morning, where were you and what happened three next? O'clock. Three o'clock. Actually, it was exactly three o'clock. Um, my alarm went off because I was doing breakfast at BBC Radio Six in Brighton. Brighton. And I walked from my bedroom into the kitchen, which was about three paces because I lived in a tiny, tiny flat. And the power went off. And I thought, oh, come on, you know. So I just jumped in the car and drove down to um, Seven Dials, which anyone who lives in Brighton would know, is just down the road, little roundabout. And there was, a, there was a tree across the road. It was a sapling. I got out of the car to move the tree. I nearly got blown over. Anyway, I got back in the car, got to the roundabout, man waving at me, don't come this way, it's all blocked. I said, that's all right, I'll go down by the seafront. I like, I like it when it's stormy. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up by the Palace Pier right on the seafront and I'm very very good I'm a good girl I stopped at the red traffic light and I waited yeah I waited and the car was lifted up oh, good grief. moved and put down again oh Anna. <laughs> uh, it was terrifying and so I thought right I'm, I'll carry on even through the red light and then the trees had come down like wow, that wow. in the park right next to the station, uh, next to the BBC Radio Sussex. And I had to sort of drive sort of through them. And <laughs> I tried, I got in, I got in and there was a little voice on the tannoy going, is there anyone in the building? <laughs> I thought, oh, that sounds like my friend Jane who is also doing brekkie. And <laughs> she had spent 20 minutes because the the door of Radio Sussex was right, right on the corner of a street yeah. you remember it yeah. and she tried three times to get round the corner because the wind oh, was no. so strong so and she oh, no. oh, well. got him so we've spent the morning typing on non-electric typewriters of course we had no screens no internet nothing then yeah. we had a generator in the basement which was started up we were broadcasting on a loop three mile loop yeah. we our um, editor cr- was on his boat in the marina he crawled he crawled off his boat <laughs> until he could stand upright because the wind was so strong wow and we became a refugee camp our, our foyer was basically just full of men women children cats dogs families oh, you come to be rescued, and um, and we were we it was brilliant that the fire, police, ambulance services had, were on every ten minutes telling people what was going on. Okay, yeah. and and you became the communication and torchlight. Hub. I was ty- trying to oh, type no. with a phone on one ear and a torch on the other, going like. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, 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 and so the reason for you just to, to, to mention that was that presumably when you got over all of that, the, the experience that you'd had from that and that high pressure situation then helped you when you got into farming today with, with the various crises that, that, that you then, then had to ha- handle? Yeah, I suppose so. It was, um, it was less immediate, I have to say. But yes, 
it was the first time that we had to broadcast without going to see people. And very interesting because the follow-up from that obviously in the pandemic. So in 1990, uh, sorry, in 2001 with foot and mouth, um, we had people keeping diaries for us with Sony Walkman tape recorders, cassette recorders. <laughs> we had, um, or mini discs, you know, um, we had, uh, we couldn't go on site, you know, because we didn't want to spread the disease. Yeah. And so people would send stuff into us, you know, okay. it was very, very difficult. It was quite tricky, actually. In the pandemic, we had people recording on their iPhones yeah. for us. Okay. out in in the field for us and just winging them over whatsapp you know i mean fantastic yeah. Yeah. so um yeah it was a very different way but also actually the yes it's about news about reporting a very very quickly changing situation yep. so for instance with foot and mouth the number of cases in the end actually we didn't do that the first few weeks we we reported the number of cases each day okay. but because it kept growing so fast and changing so quickly we we stopped doing that after a while okay. but yeah I mean it was it was trying to keep on top of a very very fast moving story which yeah. was quite tricky actually we're a very very small team yeah and it, it might sound a bit macabre but do, but do you and the team at farming today do, do you love a crisis because that's when you come into your own what journalist doesn't love a crisis okay. to be honest okay. <laughs> Bad news is good news, isn't it? I mean, yeah, no, is it, you don't revel in it, you cope with it. Yeah. Um, it means that you aren't desperately trying to find stories, okay. but, you, but you're still managing it. You're still managing it because, and also because we were live then, but now we're, we're, we're recorded the night before. Right, if something right. changes overnight, that can be quite tricky actually yeah, yeah. to, to deal with the time. But Anna, you're obviously in such an important position um, because you're, you're you're giving giving the news. You're you're an influencer. Um, you, you could dictate which way the, the news goes, and obviously the BBC is, is known within the UK and globally as as um, such a credible source of information compared to some 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 um, other of the media that um, that we have out there. And and just coming coming back to yourself and and this and farming today. I'm, I'm guessing that the the reason that you got this gig was that um, you, you must have a prestigious farming background. You must own half of Norfolk. You, 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 you must have been um, born in a, um, on, on, a, on a dairy farm and know everything inside. No. You must have gone to Harper, Sarancester Red. So do you, what, what's your illustrious farming background, please? None. I was brought in, um, I was brought in basically because they wanted someone who didn't have any farming knowledge. Okay. So I was um, brought in because I was a journalist, I could speak live on air on Radio 4 to time. So wow. my in between being a local radio reporter and news editor, et cetera, and then I did a sideways step to Radio 4 continuity and news reading. So I started off as a con announcer doing all your shipping forecasts and all the bits in between the programmes and reading the news as well. And so I was quite happy broadcasting on air. And I was also very used to back timing things, making sure I would come out just wow. before the pips, you know, and they needed someone who was able to do that. But quite cleverly, I thought they, they also wanted someone who knew nothing about farming. Yeah, that's fascinating. To ask the questions that an ordinary person would be asking. Okay. And I have to, I mean, I did, I actually didn't know anything. When I walked into the farming office at Broadcasting House the first day, you know, they had their morning meeting. I didn't, it, I didn't understand a word, a word. And, and, and have you managed to keep that, uh, that, that naivety? Mm. Um, or, or, or now you're a farming expert and are you... Because I suppose it's, it's difficult again with your audience that, that you could um, have um, 
a, a nutritionist um, listed in who knows nothing about farming but wants to know. And so you've got to present to her. You can have a cabinet minister who, who claims to know about agriculture, but he's only just coming to the to the role a month ago. And you can have a seasoned farmer who's a fifth generation. So it must be quite quite a different difficult skill set to be able to present to, to that whole remit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I I'm trying not to use jargon. I always ask people what they mean by something if they use jargon. Um, and yeah, I mean, I actually last week I was out with some uh, watching some butchers at work and I don't know anything about butchery. And this lovely young chap was teaching an even younger person what to do. And I had to ask loads of questions because I didn't you know, really know what was going on. And you're always learning, aren't you? You're always learning. Yeah. I would never say I knew enough about anything actually, because farming is so complex and so diverse. Um, I don't know the first thing. I'd be like Jeremy, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> With your Lamborghini tractor, you, you're yes, Jeremy. Take, I wish, take, yeah. take, take it over the world of, um, of, uh, of, of farming. And, and, yeah. do you, and do you love farming? Well, I'm really leading the witness now. Do you love farming? I do, I do. Um, I've always been a country girl, so I've okay. always, um, you know, walked and, you know, uh, when I was younger, riding and things like that. So, I mean, I've always loved the countryside and sort of been in awe of it, actually. You know, I get these sort of real sense of wonder from yeah. being outdoors, yeah. even just walking down the garden, really. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I... I I'm in awe as well of the people who they're so tenacious. They will carry on, you know, and they keep, they do say things like, oh, I'm an optimist. And you think, well, you'd have to be, wouldn't you really? You know, because it, it's such a challenging job because you have to do everything. You're not yeah. just growing food. You're an agronomist, you're a weather watcher, yeah. you're organizing people, you're yeah. timing everything, you're a business person, yeah. you're a vet, yeah. you're a carer. Yeah. Don't, don't, mean, for, don't forget the parish council. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and Anna, do, would you recommend farming as a career? Because if there's one thing that it's we've not seen a career, it's not one career, is it? Oh, no. If you think about the number of different jobs, yeah. connected to farming and food and the gamut of things that you can do of course yes I would recommend it you know there's something there for everyone yeah. absolutely something there for everyone even someone like us who's who are journalists there's something there for everyone isn't yeah. there yeah I, I always use the, the Golden, Goldman Sachs example. Um, if you got the intelligence and three A's and a, and a first at Cambridge um, and, and you, you want to earn mega bucks and work, pick a number, 95, 120 hours a, a week, uh, sat at a desk um, looking at uh, computer screens, uh, good, good for you. Um, but what, what, one thing that we're picking up over the last 18 months is that, especially this younger generation, they want to get involved with businesses that are doing good. Uh, so, mm. so carbon neutral, sustainability, mm. uh, but farmers have been doing that 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 for years, and uh, mm. the, the likes of the, the buzzwords of regenerative agriculture that has been going. The the, the state I I uh, live on in in Suffolk has been practicing regenerative agriculture for 40, 40 years. So we are we've definitely seen an increase of um, younger individuals wanting to find out more about it and going to the likes of Harper, Reading, Sarcester. Uh, Rissell, more universities are, are, are available. Um, and I'm not chasing the dollar because, yeah, just imagine, imagine today. So in the UK, where are we now? Um, end of September, um, lovely autumnal day, 23 degrees outside. Harvest is now in on a cereal perspective. And we're now looking at uh, sugar beans, looking at potato harvest. Um, what, what a great commute to work that would be if you're actually on a farm. Um, or the the oh really started now um or, or the technology side there's so much excitement on the on the technology oh, yeah. side isn't there and, oh, yeah and Anna you must have uh, even more so because you, you reported on it heavily that there's there's so much interest in um a, a data um the the agronomy side plant genetics uh, agronomy oh, so agronomy um ag, ag tech so it's a very exciting sector to be involved in as well yeah, absolutely. And I know even less about that. So I just sound there open mouthed while I'm holding my microphone going, you what? You know? <laughs> but it's lovely. And, and the 
great thing is that it's it pulls things together. Um, so if you are doing a GPS mapping system, I mean, I was out with um, just last week with NORMAC, which is the Norfolk Machinery um, Agricultural Community. They're out there. The um, gentlemen who've, who've organised, and there's 75 years they've been going, they started to help people with these newfangled things called tractors. And they are now at the forefront of showing people um, all the new equipment for min till, nil till, um, yep. you know, cover crops, etc. So I was out on a 200 acre site with all the latest machinery, everyone trying to do the right thing, um, talking to people about seed, see how many seeds you should put in the ground for certain areas of the field. You know, we've got down to that level yeah. to make it that better. It's level. wonderful. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. People like Agritech East, you know, um, Belinda Clark, all those people who are doing so many massively good things to, to, to sort of push people forward, keep thinking of new ways. And that yeah. is the future. And there should be, I mean, as you say, a lot of young people who are so concerned about climate change, about how they're going to live their lives and how they do live their lives yeah. um you know or giving us a kick up the backside to say actually you know let's change how we do this yeah, yeah. absolutely marvelous yeah yeah and, and do you think the future is bright for agriculture for farming <clears throat> it has to be doesn't it otherwise we all die because we don't have anything to eat <laughs> Yeah, you've slightly, you've slightly yeah, avoided my you slightly avoided my question there. You know where I'm going with it. What do we need to what do we need to look out for? What what can we all all do? Whether it be our, our humble age group or, or the younger generation to really make farming a, a success ongoing for, for the country and, and globally. I think what what is interesting and and it's a big picture thing that that I've noticed. So when I started in 1994-95, prices were very high. Everything was going sort of fairly swimmingly, you know. We've had all these these, you know, disease things happening. But the picture then was conservation farming. And it was either or. We even had set aside still you know, didn't we? 10% of your land set aside for nature, um, not farmed on. Those two things have started coming together. They could come together even more, but they've started coming together where you can farm and help conservation and farm for nature. And I think that is going to grow. And it's not necessarily rewilding everywhere um, or regenerative everywhere because food has to be a part of it. But um, yeah, no, it has to be that there, there is a middle way, but even a better way. It's not just doing both, but it's actually doing both better. Yeah. OK. Helping each other. So nature helping farming, farming, helping nature. And yeah. I think I think there is a very, very bright future. I think we're, we're quite actually far ahead here maybe yeah. than, than some other countries. Uh, and I, I think our farmers want to do it. And I think the new subsidy system actually links into that yeah. once we know what it's about, yeah. because a lot of farmers are still very frustrated that we don't know exactly what the details are of how much they're going to be, get paid for certain things. Yeah. But yeah. If, if the vision is achievable, then I think it's a good vision, I do. Yeah. yeah. And can you just wave the national food strategy at us? Yes. It's backwards though, because my camera's around the other way, isn't it? Okay. No, no, no. It reads well. So, so um, Anne and I were just talking about in our. Okay, we've, we've got it. We want to see you again. You're 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 far more attractive than that book. <laughs> the, the 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 reason for, for for mentioning that was the so the national food strategy. Yeah. There's a white paper going through the government at the moment, and and if that is endorsed by by one and all, that's actually Anna. What do you write? Is going is going to help the the whole farming community. Well, and, and, mm, no, it's interesting because it it does, but. Um, it's very interesting the way it was reported when the second part came out because um, it was very, very concentrated on sugar taxes and taxes for food and this. And, um, and it's not really about that. It's about actually thinking about how food fits in to the whole system and about how humans fit in to the food system. So 
if you can get the perfect circle, which is producing food without damaging the environment or even enhancing the environment without waste, producing nutritious food, which is affordable for everyone, teach people how to use that food um, and value it more, um, and then improve the health of the nation, then if you can get all that working together, you know, gosh, wouldn't it be fantastic? We'd save an awful lot of money through yeah. because of healthcare. Yep. We would have a very, very um, buoyant farming system. But, you know, I mean, that's aspirational, isn't it? It is aspirational. Whether it can actually achieve what it's set out to do is another matter. Really. So, so like all farmers, I'm an optimist. Um, and with the with the white paper going through uh, government, okay, we've had a, a, some mutterings from uh, our prime minister that he doesn't want to impose taxes uh, on uh, high fat, high sugar. But with the, going through the white paper, it would look positive that there would be some positive uh, ramifications from the back of the national food strategy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because if you value food and you value, you then value farming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so you you're putting farming and food production yeah. into a system where where it's valued. So yeah. you but but you have to make sure that it goes from end to end. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the moment, I think we've got little silos of little things doing well. There are some yeah. things which are happening, yeah. but they're not joining up. Yeah. OK. But uh, but on the far not but on a farming perspective all of the, uh, the 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 farmers and the communities within the sector i'm coming across they're all up for it they're, they're all so positive there's no no blockages i'm i'm, I'm smiling because a couple of days ago I, I ran into my uh, local gamekeeper and he's the atypical fantastic gamekeeper he knows wherever i'm walking he's just always always there and he, he very proudly informed me that uh, his shoot is going carbon neutral just what what a br brilliant thing so how did he do that well, they're, they're going to swap all the vehicles over to electric okay. um, and, and so on and so forth. And, and he's really excited about it. I he's drove honest. an electric four by four the other day. Did you? Was I that, did. Was that the, and how, how was that for you? It was it was interesting. Well, because I'm not a, an expert Land Rover driver. It's not made by Land Rover. Um, and uh, the second time round, I was better. The first time round, it was over a very very bumpy course you see okay so uh, yeah the second time round i i went for it but uh the thing that was really strange was it's really hard to tell how you're doing because you can't hear the roar of the engine and there's something about yeah. a four by four that you, you know you're expecting to hear it's the throaty. theater the yes. theater of it yes <laughs> yes so, so, and, 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 and a methane tractor as well Yes. Well, 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 that's the problem. That's the problem with electric vehicles at the moment that we can't have tractors um, uh, because because it had, how do you generate enough enough power? The battery packs will go flat. So, so the 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 technology on the battery side is it, yeah. is fast that's accelerating. The key, isn't yeah. It? So I think within within 10, 10 years we'll, we'll be there. And, and just just coming back to your the, the actual day job, are you finding it's easier with the interviewing that you and your <clears> team are doing? That because farmers are, are now on TikTok, um, uh, Facebook, and myriad of things, and they're used to presenting. So I, I, so I started my career with the NFU, and I remember going off on, on media training and, and not really understanding it to, to, to some degree, which makes a lot of sense as to what I'm doing now. Um, but but <laughs> farmers today are very, very eloquent, even more so the younger generation, because they're just oh, yeah. so used to presenting. So has that made your your you you and your colleagues work slight, slightly easier? Or, or is it has it made it a bit bit difficult because they're a bit jingoistic when they when they come on? How, how are you finding that aspect? It's interesting that they are much more articulate. I think it's a great thing, okay. but yeah, you are almost competing with them because they they they've got little stories they're doing. You know, we just have Will Evans doing his rock and roll farming podcast. Excellent. You know, which was fantastic, which he stopped now for the moment, but. Um, yeah, podcasting is everywhere, isn't it? And everyone's yeah. doing it. Um, but I think that's great. I don't, I, it doesn't matter. Um, but as I said at the beginning, you know, it's, it's a bit tricky when you're actually doing factual presentation of yeah. and political things. You know, it, it, you have to 
we have to obviously be we are completely independent we're not paid for by anyone we don't have you know content paid for as others do so you do have to be careful you have to be very careful but the enthusiasm is there that's what I love okay you know that actually phones much as some people hate them um you know have released in people allowed people to communicate what they're thinking um you know and I think I think that is a good thing I don't think it's it's a problem but actually it was interesting when I went to cereals excuse me the cereals event and um you know it used to be at those events that the journalists you know would come up with their pen and paper they'd write down what people are saying that after a speaker had spoken they'd go and talk to them and and novel them now everyone has cameras and they're doing little pieces to camera you know etc and I, I was thinking hang on a minute I'm almost old-fashioned because I'm still there with a microphone you know yeah. not, not, yeah. not yes I mean, yes that, that's correct but you're, you're still incredibly important to to, to the community because I think everyone looks up to um, farming today you, you and your colleagues if it's the right expression to use as, as this bellwether so as to what's what's going on and did, so this word I've really picked up over the last 18 months collaboration um that there's that we're so good now at collaborating within within the sector is there is there a way that all of us listening in can can assist you if, if collaboration is the right 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 way what, what sort of content um do you need what sort of content are, are you missing in in the respect of in, in some sectors like like fresh produce there's a lot of people that want to say a lot of things but they can't because they're very frightened of um what the retailers might might re say might react if they're saying something negative about the the, the end customer so they they want to say it but they can't get the the the, the voice out it, is there anything that we all can do listening in to assist you and your team at farming today to to make farming today even better how, how can we help you well actually i think a lot of it you know has been taking place um, during the pandemic, a lot of farmers stepped up and did reports for us, etc. I would say, though, if there's something like, you know, someone wanting to say something but not wanting to reveal themselves, we, we can do that. We have to go through a lot of editorial guidelines to make that happen. Um, you know, but if it is in the public interest, then, then you can do that. Um, and we also importantly hold people to account and and that is absolutely vital it sometimes is a little difficult to hold people to account when they won't come on and uh we it's not so much now but early on in the government we we found it very very hard to get a minister to speak to yeah and and that has happened in the past quite a lot so you can't you've got no one to ask you've got a lot of questions something really serious you need to talk about and no one will come on and that that is you know that can be really yeah. difficult but people can help us by emailing farming.today at bbc.co.uk and just we read every single email that comes in and if you've got an issue you know and you want you think it's worth covering obviously we'll make our own judgment but we will read everything even if you get an automated email back saying thank you for your email we do and our small team we do read everything that comes in there we go the future i think i think where you and your team are unique is that you've seen the cycle of events uh, occur within within farming in in uh, the UK and overseas. You you will have an understanding of potentially what's going to happen three five ten years out. Come on, I'm, I'm going to present you the crystal ball. No. Where, where where do you where do you where do you envisage farming is going to be out there in three five ten years time, please? I think it's I think it's uh, for UK farmers. I think it's going to be a real swings and roundabouts job over the next decade because we're trying very very I think UK farmers are trying very very hard to do things properly we're talking before about conservation carbon neutral commitments to those agreements um 
then we talk about trade deals and food coming in, which isn't produced to that standard, yeah. and whether we should be able to prevent that coming in or whether we allow that to come in, the balance between what people want to buy and what they can afford to buy, the um, issues about whether farming should be subsidised or not subsidised, and a lot of countries subsidise their farmers. We, we're doing that, but we're going to be doing that in a different way. Um, obviously, I think, I think what we have got here is our reputation for beautiful food produced to very high standards and certain iconic things like cheddar and whiskey and smoked salmon, and, which is sold around the world. But what would be nice is if um, there could be more of a backstory, more of a backstory to British food, really. Yeah. If you're talking on a global level and about selling it. It was very interesting. I was talking to one of the biggest pig producers in the country. This was a couple of years ago, but it was post-Brexit um, or before Brexit had been signed off. And I was saying, well, what about your pigs going to America? What are you, you know, I mean, they, they have loads of pork out there, loads and loads of hogs, don't they? And he said, well, it's got to be different, hasn't it? It's got to be outdoor bread. It's got to be high quality. It's got to be something that they can differentiate and say, ah, that's British, we'll have that for this special occasion. And I think that will happen more and more, that our farming going exporting yeah. will be labelled quality yeah. and can get a premium. Yeah. But well, well, and, and well said. And my retort to that is, is Africa. What do I mean by, by that? Um, when, when I've uh, travelled through, through Africa, the, the 10 fastest growing cities of the world are all in Africa. And it is quite shocking to see the environmental issues, waste, plastic mm. Um, mm. And, uh, use, um, and when I spoke to a number of, um, of farmers in, in the likes of uh, East Africa, they say that where we look up to is UK farming. We want to be as good as UK farming. And as a, as a uh, slight throwaway example, Kenya's banned uh, the use of plastic bags. And why did they do that? Because we did that. Uh, you, you look at the, the likes of fair trade practices that are that are that got a positive tsunami that, 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 that are going through the sector globally. So I do feel that UK agriculture in some respects is, is but a pinprick compared to the, the massive industries and in the, the likes of the, the states, whether that be hog uh, meat production or soil production in uh, the likes of South America. But um, if we can look to have that, that standard of, of quality and, and, and farming production, uh, as you've mentioned, they, everyone wants to then follow us um, and to, to then come, come across a, a, a grower of avocados in Tanzania who, who regularly dials in to, wait for it, Jeremy Clarkson and gets a feel for it. Um, and, and because they want to they want to farm as well as uh, we, we do in, in the UK. So I think all, all of the effort that we're all putting in uh, via the likes of yourself and, and uh, farming today, it's going to ripple um, globally, and especially with that thing going on with the likes of um, COP26 and, um, and and the fair trade and, and so on. So, yeah, we've we just got to keep battling on. And Anna, we need you and your team to keep battling on on, on that basis on, on our behalf. Yeah, well, I've been there 26 years, so <laughs> another few. Yeah. <laughs> so, so and Anna, this is this would be fa fantastic. I, I just before we, we wrap up, we asked this of a, of a number of people, and it's also a fascinating question. What's your favourite fresh produce? Oh my goodness! What anything? Yeah, are you talking well, what, what, veg? Are you talking meat? Are you talking? Yeah, let, let's go for British initially. What's your favourite fresh fresh produce from Britain? Um. Tender stem broccoli. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> yep, gorgeous. Oh, and I had some WhatsApp questions in. Or asparagus. Um, or asparagus. British asparagus from the Vale of Evesham. Um, what's your favourite colour of tractor? Or Norfolk. Oh Norfolk, yes, we can't remember, forget Norfolk. Sorry. Norfolk, the God, God's own <laughs> county. What's your favourite colour of tractor? I've been asked. Oh my goodness me! Well, they all look good in in anything, but um, mm, I don't know. There are an awful lot of red ones around here, red. but I know that our local our local supplier is green. Okay, yeah. green. Okay, favorite color <laughs> favorite color of cow. Where's this going? Favorite color of cow. Oh please. no, it has to be the Longhorn. 
Long Definitely, or that lovely oh, speckledy, speckledy, yeah. all the British white, which is lovely with his lovely black ears. Oh, <laughs> this lovely. Fa <laughs> favorite. Here, here we go. Favorite crop. Favorite crop. Yep. Hops. If I if honestly there was a brilliant, brilliant grower in Evesham in the Vale of Evesham, Peter Dean, I think okay, his name. We'll he, he brought the first dwarf hops over. Okay. And I spent the afternoon with him and we stood in that drying kill in the drying area and the smell it's almost like a lime citrus i thought if i was ever a farmer i would grow hops because it's a beautiful thing to do uh, the, yeah i wasn't expecting that says this farmer back to me i was expecting <laughs> i was expecting barley um <laughs> I, 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 I forgot, I forgot. What, what's, the, what's the last question i can't oh, oh fa favorite season favorite season in, in uk agriculture uh, well, I think it's well. My birthday's in November, so it's autumn. <laughs> it's Fantastic. autumn because I love it because the harvest is now. Actually, it's the harvest yeah. is in. If if you live in Norfolk, you get these. Well, usually get these beautiful long end of the summer. Yeah. And as you are, you're in the east as well. Yeah. When we get this dry, dry, and and the harvest is in, and then we're starting the next crop as well. And so you're looking ahead. You're yep. definitely half of people think harvest is the end. It's not. It's the beginning of the next harvest. And it's Absolutely. lovely to feel that. And then you just pray for a bit of rain. Yeah. yeah. The, the cycle of life in farming. Yeah. And so the final question, what is your uh, favorite UK fresh fruit? That's a lovely question. Oh, well, I have in my garden a cordon of 10 historic Norfolk apples. The one at the end... <laughs> has produced some brilliant apples, but I've lost the label. So that's my favorite one, but I don't know what it is. No, no. So we're all going to be in a mission We've now. We need to get the John Innes Centre on this one to, to, to do the DNA sampling. Well, Brockdale is where we bought them because my husband's from Kent. So I, I don't know where um, whether they keep a record of who they sold what to. Oh. But a lovely russety, lovely pear-shaped oh. russety apple, which is, is incredibly fragrant. Yeah. beautiful yeah I've, I've got some in the office i'm going to eat some of those whilst i walk my dogs in a little bit later anna thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure to to have you on and anything that we can do um, our collective networks to help you and the team at farming today um, to to keep making you the success that that you are it's, you're just you're just going to go from strength to, to strength so we're going to keep on dialing in to, to listen to you six o'clock quarter to six every morning or, or on or on catch up Max, thank you very much indeed. It's been a, a real pleasure. Excellent. And we hope you enjoy the flowers that your son uh, took him from the delivery man. <laughs> okay, I better quickly go online now. Anna, <laughs> fantastic to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs>